0: hey guys what's up welcome to episode two of napoli obsessed podcast giornata one of the new season really excited for it uh took a few weeks off there was busy at work what a time to take a few weeks off right after you start a new podcast but it will not happen again uh the transfer news has been somewhat slow anyway so i don't know if you guys have missed much to be honest with you um we're going to start it up with just going over going over the game this week against Venezia, and then I'll go into some of the stuff we missed from weeks earlier, some news, and uh, I'll talk about the other games a bit too, and maybe preview what's to come. So on the bench for this game, some of the youngsters that uh, made it to the bench, uh, Davide Marfella, the 21-year-old goalkeeper. He's been at Bari a bit. He's been around. Um. Luca Palmiero, a defensive midfielder sort of player. He's played for Chievo, Pescara, Cosenza, 25 years old. A little surprised to see those two on the bench. The two I'm not surprised about, Alessandro Zanoli, 20. He played for Capri and Lagnano. Uh, he's been he's been filling into that left-back role a bit behind Mario Rui in the preseason, and he's looking like he's going to be the backup uh, option there, second to Mario in, unless something changes, I mean, there's always everyone, I'm sure, who's following Napoli has been banging their heads against the wall with the left-back talk, so <laughs> we'll see if anything changes there, but as of right now, that's it. Maybe Emerson will come in and change that, maybe somebody else, but that's what it's looking like. And lastly, Gianluca Gaetano, uh, 21 years old, he played for Cremonese. And uh, we'll be talking more about him later, so I'm not going to go too much into detail on him now. Some of the guys who went out in the last couple weeks, uh, Tutino has gone to Parma, Luperto to Empoli. Uh, he was on the bench for them this week. Zadadka said bye on his Instagram, and it's looking like he's going to Celaroi in Belgium. And Nicola Contini is going to Crotone. Um, I was interested to see him maybe as a backup and for us to sell... Uh, one of Ospina or Moret. Uh, you know, I said last week I didn't love the split that happened last year. I don't know if that's going to happen again this year. Um, we'll see what Spalletti decides to do. And let's get into the game. So early on, Osiman was pressing the keeper very hard, very hard. This keeper was not dealing well with those back passes. He was not dealing well with the pace of Ossieman. Uh welcome to Serie A. It was a little bit of a, a feel out process for him. and Aussseman was pressing him hard. You know, he dispossessed him, won a free kick. Uh, Insigne hit that one into the wall. And uh, then again, on long strides, he almost dispossesses the keeper and it just bounces bounces wide, but that could have that could have gone in. So Aussseman high pressing the keeper, very dangerous. I love to see it. um Ossieman, Smashed one over the bar in the eighth minute. He was looking really good early on in this game, which we'll get into what happened. Um, Yeah, Mario Rui drew a foul, and Sinia hits it into the wall once again. The second free kick he hit into the wall. Uh, Just an interesting note, uh, they were using the uh, Caterpillar on the floor wall defense, which is something I'm sure you guys have noticed teams adopting. As a goalkeeper, you're always worried about the low shot under the wall. Um, Is the Caterpillar effective against it? Uh, I haven't seen it work as intended to date, but guys are avoiding the low shot. So just an interesting uh, technical switch to the game there in recent times. Uh, They got a shot which was well held by Meret. Um, Politano here in the 16th minute, Streaking back very well, very well to help Di Lorenzo. Um, he came he came deep back, so that was something I like to see. Um, yeah, that's something I really like to see, and that's something that's different between him and Lozano. We'll get more into that later. Um, Zielinski, Ossiman, and Insigne were moving the ball well, but no chance mounted. Di Lorenzo hit a wide shot. And uh, the keeper, Nikki saved a Politano shot with his feet, the first good thing he did all the game. He was having some trouble early on, like I said. Now, the 22nd minute, this is where the drama starts. Um, Ossiman pushes away the defender grabbing his shirt. And there's a lot of debate whether this is a red or not. And my opinion is... Yeah, it's a red. I mean, look, I, I sometimes call into boxing podcasts, my second sports boxing. This push, it looked like a straight right hand. You know, he, he turned his hips over. It shot straight out. He bends his elbow and his face, though open-handed, hits hits the, the neck slash lower face area. It looked like a straight right, a loaded straight right. If you're going to push a guy... Push with your arms bent down. It, it's just optics. This looked a lot more violent than it was because of the way he shot the arm out. You know, uh, does Austin have a future in boxing? I think he might uh, because that form, if he's never trained before, <laughs> was pretty, pretty funny to see. You know, it takes some guys years to even even get a, a, a shot that straight. So, I mean. The ref and we saw all over Setia this week. The refs were giving out red cards. Um it is what it is. I blame Ossiman. I don't blame the referee, I blame Ossie Men because like I said, if you're gonna push, you have to do it lightly into the chest. That looked way too violent. That looked like it had way too much bad intent behind it. And I think I think it was fair to give the red. So he he hasn't I'd like to see him grow up a bit more, to be honest with you. This is a guy we're going to be depending a lot on going forward. He, he has the stuff to be one of the best strikers in Serie A. So seeing just a complete lack of discipline in that manner is, is disappointing, especially in Game 1. And we'll see what disciplinary actions taken against him, but we just got to hope in a couple of weeks he'll be there for Juventus because it was just... A lapse in judgment and very bad. So there we go from there. Venezia um was was ch- they they stacked up the yellow cards in this game. They were going in late, they were taking professional fouls. They could not deal with Napoli running at them through the center of the pitch with pace. They were going in late on challenges and like I said, a lot of professional fouls. So that's something they're going to have to work on. Um but you know it was a smart strategy to 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 foul and and take those take those professional fouls. Um, Insigne for the third time in the thirtieth minute hit it off the wall. He took a while to find his his legs on those free kicks in this match. Thirty um, fourth minute again. Zielinski cramps up. Nightmare start is what I was thinking at this point. Nightmare start. We'll see how bad that injury is. You know Zielinski is an important creative piece for us, and if he has an injury, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough if it's a bad one because we're already missing Diego Deme. Uh, so the midfield's racking up some injuries, and uh, Elmas came in for him. Now thirty seventh minute, heymans who drew the foul from Ospina. We don't know what he was saying. He was tugging on the shirt. A bit. Brutal professional foul on Insigne Two hands, pulling him down, gets the yellow. Uh, Heyman's on Venezia, credit to you. I love to see this stuff. He knows his team's not as skilled. And so he has to be, uh, the commentator referred to him as the villain of the first half. And when you're the less skilled team, again, to bring up boxing again, when a guy's more skilled than you, your only option is to make it ugly. Heyman's here. His plan was to make it ugly. Very smart, very smart gamesmanship, very smart stuff. Um, so again, this is where we saw they had to change it up. After the red card, I wrote off Fabian dropping off nicely to support here because, I mean, we kind of, as I said at the beginning, they were playing a double pivot with Fabian and uh, Labotka getting much deeper than Fabian. There and uh they finished off the game really in a 4-2-3 with those two doing a lot of running. Labotka was fantastic this game, and uh basically at this point you're just hoping they could get in to the halftime speech and Spalletti could give them kind of a talking to get them ready for the second half. Forty-fifth minute at Bui on Venezia gets a yellow card for blocking Elmas's path. Elmas made a great great run, and again another professional foul. Um the yellows were adding up going into the second half for Venezia. They had four, Heymans in the center had one, Fiordellino as well in the center had one and they're right, they're right back. Ibuigi just got one and caldera also had one. So I was interested to see the new Serie A manager Paolo Zanetti see how he could deal with that going into the second half and what subs he might make. Uh so that was the first half. So the start of the second half, like I said, we came out kind of four-two-three with Labotka and Ruiz in the pivot. Um Ruiz did get a little higher up than Labotka. Labotka was playing kind of the uh the destroyer garbage man role there uh, in the back, winning the ball and passing it up to his teammates. Uh 46 minute, I made a note of this because it was it was fucking hilarious. The The ref gave some of the worst Molokia I've ever seen, some of the worst evil eye deaths there I've ever seen to Spalletti on the bench. The camera cut to him and... Uh, It was just hilarious, the look he was giving him. Spalletti gets the yellow card in the 46th minute. Um, You know, uh, another yellow card for Forte, five cards for Venezia early. And this is what I said in the previous half. uh, The first sub for Venezia, Boyi, came out. Uh, I I always like to see how the managers react to the the buildup of yellows, especially now that they have five subs. Fabian, after gets a yellow, uh, took a professional foul. We don't know if he needed to take it, especially when we were a man down. But Fabian, you know, he's an experienced guy, smart guy. So if he felt he needed to take the professional foul, there was probably a buildup in play, which uh, my eyes missed. Uh, but he's a smart guy. He's good at reading the game. So for him to take the professional foul, I believe he needed it. Um, 52nd minute Venezia looked like they switched to five back. Um, so I feel they did this uh, so they could, oddly, it sounds weird, but they did this so they could get some guys forward without uh, having to think so much about getting back and having less defensive worry. So it was five back, but guys were shifting forward from the wings. Guys were attacking more. It was it was a defensive uh, switch that allowed them to attack more. And uh, Di Mariano, I thought was looking the most dangerous of the players. He crossed one into Heymans, who missed. Um, Insigne missed a terrible penalty in the 56th. We got forward. There was a handball. It was, a, uh, I believe, off a of Mario Rui cross. There was a handball, and uh Insigne missed, which it's funny because I was listening to, I believe it was Fort Sinapoli panel early in the week. And, uh, one of the the gentlemen on the podcast says he's a sure thing from the spot. Uh, and I agree, you know, Insigne is usually pretty clutch from the spot. Uh, but we're all human. We're all human. And Insigne put it over. Um, again, that's something you just hope it doesn't get into his head. And it didn't because he got one back later, but we'll get into that. Um, Heymans hits down a shot, which was well-controlled by Moret. He was finding a lot of space for Venezia. And as I mentioned in the first half, I'm a fan of this guy. You know, a lot of people would hate him, given what happened with Ossiman earlier. A lot of people would get very hot. But I appreciate that gamesmanship, and that's something uh, I wish we had more of, quite frankly, that old school just get in your head. And he was finding space. He was good coming forward. We saw the professional foul. He was... He was a villain. He was the villain that uh, Venezia needed, and uh, he made it more difficult than it than it should have been for us. Uh, Di Lorenzo uh, with pace strides forward, crosses it in, another handball. This is where Insigne makes no mistake this time, one nothing. That's perfect. That's perfect because if he didn't get that one back, we don't know what that would have done to him mentally. Sometimes when you miss a penalty – he got, he got back on the horse right away, hit another one in, and within a, a quick amount of time. So that's perfect. That's exactly what you want as a coach is for a guy to bounce back like that. Um, if he had gone the rest of the game, if we had had a poor result, that could have affected him going forward in the season. But I think, you know, he shook it off quick. And it's like when you get into a car accident, you got to start driving again. <laughs> I know it's cheesy to say, but um, – For him to get that one back so quickly um, from a a mental perspective is is perfect. It's perfect. So I'm just happy he buried that one and he he did it easily. Um, The American Testman uh, and then Sigurdsson came in for Venezia. Di Mariano's off, which I was kind of happy about because him and and Heymans are the the two guys I saw as the most dangerous players for, for Venezia. So he was striding forward a bit. Um, and we saw um, in the first half, Politano had to stride back large to to help out Di Lorento defensively, because I believe it was Di Mariano who got in deep. Um, Johnson uh, links with Forte, who puts one off the bar. Um, looked like Marek got a touch initially, but he didn't. That one just went off the bar and out. Um, excuse me. Heyman's got forward again. Um, He was causing us a lot of problems, you know. Uh, Again, just a great player in this game. 70th minute, we saw a a couple subs that made a big impact. Lozano in for Politano. Lozano coming back from that, um, that bad injury when he was on international duty for Mexico in the Gold Cup. Horrible injury, so good to see him coming back. And then uh, homegrown player Gaetano came in for Fabian Ruiz, who, again, was on the yellow, took the professional foul. I think that was a smart sub by Spalletti. Um, Lozano injected pace immediately. He gets a long ball from Koulibaly, uh, which we see him do so well. He picks out those long passes from the back. Um, There's some interplay with Gaetano. Lozano, the ball gets to Elmas, who cuts back and puts it away. Uh, Elmas drives it low. Beautiful goal. Again, Lozano injects pace right away into the game and um, gives it to Elmas, who... I mean, let's talk about this now. The Lozano versus Politano, uh, beef for drama, I guess, is what people are going to refer to it as. They're different players. Lozano, we saw him come in... uh, huge with that pace. Excellent, excellent play. Super sub this game. Um and he does that so good and and maybe even better than than Politano, but Politano just so so much more uh defensively responsible in my opinion. Uh like I said in the first half, Di Mariano was good again deep. He helped out, ran back large. So that's a battle for that spot I'm interested in seeing over the course of the season. Um, Another note, Almas scores. I think this is going to be his year. I think this is going to be the year Almas really comes into his own. He was in the perfect position for him to be in, you know, top left there. Gattuso played him all over the place. This is a young player. He he doesn't he, he doesn't he's coming into a new city he doesn't know where he fits in and he's getting shuffled all over the place I think Spalletti and I haven't touched on this yet but I think Spalletti is a, a much better uh, tactician than Gattuso I think he knows where to put his guys to get the most out of them and he's he's good at thinking on the fly you know so Gattuso manages with with passion that's undeniable Gattuso manages with passion and I think that. Spalletti, earlier in this game, got a card. He knew when to shut up. Got the yellow card, instantly zips it up. Uh, Gattuso might have got sent off. This match might have turned into more of a nightmare with Gattuso on the bench. You know, Ossiman got the red, and is exploding at some point, inevitably. And that's a good... That's a manager you could build a good relationship with, but it's not necessarily the best manager to have when shit hits the fan... And this was a nightmare start. Shit hit the fan. This was the worst possible first half start we could have had to this season against, uh, let's be honest, pretty poor opposition. Venezia finishing fifth in City B last year. Uh, this was the worst possible start we could have had. And Spalletti stayed calm, and we went on 10 men. So that goes to show you just what a presence as a manager he has when you compare it to Gattuso, who, and this is hypothetical, of course, we don't know this would happen for a fact, but I think Gattuso would have had a fit of, of, of rage and passion. Might have got sent off. Maybe the results 0 0. Maybe we still win, but I, I'm just a lot more comfortable with Spalletti in there as the manager. So, And I think he's going to get the best out of his players in certain positions. Um, again, we saw Labotka even. Look how well he played this game. He's the man of the match for me, Labotka or Elmas uh, Lobotka played great. This this game. Um, Spalletti knows Spalletti knows what to do. Okay. 74 the minute Tessman gets a yellow card. I just put in here. Uh, he looked, he looked lost in there. In my opinion, um, Lobotka got away from him. He was turning over passes. Uh, this is not for me to hate on the MLS, but this guy really looked lost in the midfield this game. I think he's going to be able to adapt to Serie A, but it's a big step up for him. And, a baffling sub, in my opinion, for them to make at that point in the game. Um Mariette comes out and claims claims a ball. Uh there was a lot more crosses getting put in from Venezia later in the game. Um another thing I made a note of fans very supportive of Gaetano, uh who is local. That was great to see. Every time he got the ball, did something good. They were they were cheering him on, clapping him on. And you just love to see that. That's, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. It's great to have the fans back. And um, I think Gaetano fed off that. He's a young kid. He's 21. And that kind of support is going to go a long way for him. Because I'd really like to see him grow into a place as a rotational player in the squad. And it's nice to see him come in. 84th minute, Patania comes in for Insigne. Um, he made... Uh, he played. I wouldn't say he made too much of an impact. Uh, Elmas strides forward, but uh, he just can't get the cross. It's a little behind. I believe it was Patanya. Um, 89th minute. I made a note of this, too, uh, right before the end of the game. Uh, Maret, not the ball, played back to him. Too horrible. Horrible plays out with his feet. Really not good. Koulibaly saved them on one occasion. Just two awful passes out and in succession of each other. Um, Maretta I'm confident in as a goalkeeper, but you never, you never like to see that. So my thoughts on this game, again, I'll just kind of go over individual performances. One thing to watch this season is going to be the Lozano-Politano battle there on the right wing. Poli, er, Lozano rather, huge impact in this game. Politano, it's it's a tough one and it's gonna be exciting to see those two battle it out this year. Um Gaetano, can he can he he play well this game? Can he come in as a rotational player and make an impact? That's gonna be another storyline to watch. Um the third storyline for me is the growth of Elmas this season. Is he gonna come into his own? I think he is. I think this is guys gonna be I think he's gonna be great. Um And if he's played in position and properly, I think he could do very well. He's like Lozano, a good injection of pace. And uh, yeah, great player. Uh, Storyline number four, Ossiman's discipline. This guy, as I said, he could be one of the elite strikers in Serie A. The red card, very foolish, uh, very, very stupid card to take. And and it's his own fault. People who blame the referee, all they want that was very malicious looking straight right as i call it but uh it was not good it was he gave the ref too much of an option to send him off sometimes the ref has to think about it he might not send you off that was just too too blatant um and another thing i like this game was uh labotka labotka playing back there he he did excellent it wasn't it wasn't um Yoko Bonito, it wasn't the beautiful beautiful play, but he did what he was supposed to do. He, he got the ball, he won the ball, he played it up in that deep role. It was fantastic. Um, he's got the chance to shine. You know, Deme is out injured. He's got the chance to shine here, and uh, he looked very good the first game. Admittedly, against weak opposition, but he looked very good this game. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of La Bozca so far. And I hope he could keep it going. Uh, Zielinski, how bad will that injury be? He's a creative player up front, so hopefully not too bad. Um, Just another point I want to touch on. uh, There's rumors about Kostas Manolas going to Olympiacos, um, which I would hate. (laughs) Uh, I think Manolas, some people are saying he hasn't really hit his stride for the transfer fee to be paid for him, etc. I think this guy's the best pairing with Koulibaly, obviously. Um, And he's an important piece. If we sell him, Rahmani becomes number two, fine. I'm not convinced. I think he's a number three CB. I think he's very error-prone. Um, I think he could grow into being a competent, uh, pairing with Kula but right now I think he's a good third option. And I think if we sell Manalas, we need to bring in a number two. We need to bring in a number two. We got rid of Leperto to Ambali, who would have been the number four and a fine number four. Um, we brought in, which I haven't touched on yet, uh, Juan Jesus as the number four. So if we bring in Manalas, we need to bring in a legit starting pairing with Koulibaly unless we bring in a third guy and Rachmani moves up to that spot. And I don't think that's a good idea. Now, you don't bring in a number four, have Rachmani up to two and Juan Jesus at three because that's a disaster waiting to happen. Juan Zeus needs to stay as the the number four CB. Um, we saw De Laurentiis he had his little his little beef his little spat with uh, with um, Maximovich. I would have liked to see Maximovich come back. I think he's a better option than Juan Jesus. But Juan Jesus, the guy's got experience on big teams. You know, he's Inter Roma, but he hasn't been playing a lot recently. Now, we saw that injuries are going to happen this season. We see bad forms going to happen this season. Is he competent enough to play consistently? No. So I don't know that the mental rumor does, does worry me, but moving on, we'll get more into some Napoli news later in the pod. We're going to talk about some of the other games that happened this week. Okay. We're going to go through some of the other games that happened this week. Um, you know, comparing our team to other teams this year, I think Napoli, people have hated on our transfer market. They've hated on, um, we haven't bought any players. We haven't brought anyone in with the exception of Juan Azus at number four, so CB as I mentioned. So you know, people have said this is, you know, too lateral of a move. I think we've improved. I think by nature of bringing in Luciano Spalletti, we've improved, and uh, I think the only other teams that could say that uh, they've improved are perhaps Juventus because they, they have an actual competent coach. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hate on Pirlo a bit. I think he was a garbage coach for that spot. He needed to work his way up slower. They have Max Allegri back. He's going to bring some calmness to the team. Uh, didn't happen in week one, but he's going to bring some calmness to the team and and smart managing that Pirlo didn't bring. So I think the Aventis has moved up a, a, a step. Um, and I think Roma, they got Abraham, you know they got uh, Rui Patrizio in goal. That's a big step up, and they got Mourinho, who we'll see what happens with him. But I think Roma and Juventus are the only two that could say they've they've inched they've inched their way up a bit. Um, you know, uh, rough rough uh, time for Inter in the off season. They lost uh, they lost a few uh, big names. They lost their coach. They lost um, Conte. They lost uh, Lukaku. And uh, Hakimi, they lost some big, some big names. They bought a few guys, but I think that's a step down for them. Uh, Lazio got Sadi, so perhaps you could say, you know, that's that's a competent coach move, but or manager move rather. But they didn't bring in the players he's going to need to play his system. So, look, admittedly, it hasn't been amazing for Napoli, but it really has been a poor off season for, for Serie A in general with, with the coronavirus. Um I think I re- I think it's, I think it's 12 new coaching, new managerial switches this year for around Serie A. So the teams are trying stuff. I mean, there's, it's going to be rough for everyone. So I'm happy Napoli has been able to, to hold on, just hold on to, to Koulibaly and Signe and, look we're a club that we don't have this like some of the international clubs this massive qatari oil money or sometimes you got to sell players to stay to stay relevant you know we had to in the past sell Lavezzi. we had to sell cavani um alan jorginho um the fact that we've been a, a european challenger for so long that speaks to the hustle of Napoli, and and just before I get into these other games, we could see that uh, the spirit of Napoli through the uh, through the jerseys, through the kits this year, the Emporio the EA Seven Emporio Armani. Uh, we manufacture our own kits. The first team to do this, we we're the first team with an Amazon store. Uh, we got a hustle for our money. That's uh, Neapolitan in spirit. That's look. Do you, would you want to? support a plastic club or do you appreciate the entrepreneurial hustle of ADL? You know, ADL, I have a love, hate relationship with him. Sometimes I think he could be too shrewd. Sometimes I think he takes things too personal, but the guy's got hustle. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of the uh, less wealthy manage, uh, owners in SETI even, I think, let alone on the world stage. So when we consistently do well, when we consistently challenge for Europe, I love it because it, it means so much more. If we just had an owner that splashes out all this cash, would would the essence of the team even be Napoli anymore? In my opinion, no. You know, maybe there's some younger fans, they just want success, they want success, they want success. But it, think about how much more it's going to mean if we win a Scudetto with this, with this kind of hustle. So... You know, I'm, I'm supporting the project we are going and I, I see good things in the future. Honestly, I don't think it's <laughs> some people I think are, are too quick to jump down the, this team is going, going down the shoots, Uh narrative that happened after last season, missing out on champions league. Granted, have we lost out on a lot of revenue? Yeah. Um, the coronavirus took away the fan revenue and we've missed out on champions league for, for two seasons. That's, I mean, we've we've lost from that millions and millions of dollars. Maybe we could have brought in a new player if we had qualified for Champions League or or we had the fans, but we don't. And I, I'm just appreciating the hustle that this this management, this ownership has while keeping this team uh, authentically authentically Neapolitan. As for the new kids, I think they're I think they're cool. I like them. There, some people have said they're too simple. They're too similar to last season. Um, I've been in the uh, garment and fashion game, as it were, in my professional life, and uh, it's it's not something you could just figure out in a couple months. It's a tough it's a tough racket. There's a lot of sourcing to do. There's a lot of. I'm impressed they got the kit together this quickly. I will be buying two to support the club. That's another thing. This goes right to the club. This is. I mean, this is just as a capitalist, as somebody that loves entrepreneurship, this is fantastic. I love I love the hustle and I'm going to support it. I'm going to buy as much merch as my budget will allow me to. So that's just something to think about, guys. Like, you know, we're not PSG or Man City. And why would you want to be? That fucking sucks. That's that's. That's not football to me. I, I know I sound pompous, but that's not football. This is this team, we earn every dollar we 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 get. This is a Neapolitan team, and I'm I'm proud of that. So I think if we could finish I think we have a good shot to finish very high up, certainly in Champions League spots. Some people have said maybe we'll get the Scudetto. I think that might be a bit of a stretch, but you know, I, I'm keeping my mind open because it's a long season, and a lot of teams have have had a rough go with coronavirus uh, and with just all the changes that are happening. So let's go over the other games. First game, Inter Genoa, um, Shalinolu and Zeku, bo- Zeko, excuse me, both score. Uh, They're convincing openers. Uh, Vidal also popped one. Um, Inter wins this one for nothing. Sirigu for Genoa made a couple great saves. He's coming in for that team. Um, Inter off to a great start. You know, Inzaghi coaching there. Uh, Look, this is this is the best possible start for Inter. Could they consistently keep it over going over the season? It's too early to say that. I'd like to see a couple more games. We'll see. They brought in some some competent uh, fillers there. Zeko is a good player. Um, Again, we'll see how this goes. It's it's too early to say anyone could have one tremendous game. Um, When shit hits the fan, when we need to see some tactics, when we need to see some grinta, uh, we'll see if Inter could keep that going coming off their Scudetto season. So not much to say about that game. It was a routing. It was um, 4-0. Genoa looking very poor. But Inter, uh, they did they did do well. Second game, uh, Hellas Verona versus Sassuolo. Uh, Eusebio Di Francesco is now in charge at Hellas. Uh, Alessio Dionisi for Sassuolo. He was previously at Empoli. This is a huge step up for him as a manager uh, and a huge loss for Empoli um Raspedori opens the scoring um and they go they go up to 2-0 um Traore hits a beautiful curling shot um and Zacani scores two um the game ends Hellas Verona two Sassuolo three um this was a game where you know it was back and forth very exciting two teams who I think have European ambition uh whether in Europa League or, or the new uh, Europa Conference Cup, as I believe what they're calling it, uh, the replacement for the old uh, Intertoto Cup, I'm sure some of you guys remember. Um, next game, Torino, Atalanta, Muriel, fantastic strike for Atalanta. Um, Pesinas clears two off the line. Um Bellotti hits a huge deflection, which beats Juan Musso. And Atalanta scores late. They win it 2-1. Um, Talking about teams that have uh, maybe improved a bit, Atalanta, they lost a, a big defender in Romero, went to Tottenham, along with Golini their old goalkeeper. But Atalanta has brought in Juan Musso, who is, in my opinion, I mentioned last episode, I'm a... I'm a former goalkeeper had some tryouts at Bari etc. I think Juan Musso is a uh, one of the best keepers in Serie a. I'm Not just saying that. I think he's he's one of the best keepers in Serie A. Um he's a big step up for Atalanta. He's he's going to be solid for them in goal. And I think Atalanta if they're not moved if they haven't moved up it's certainly with a couple of their other losses, it's it's a lateral move, and I think Atalanta is going to have another good season. Um, next game, Empoli, Lazio, um, Sadi's first game with Lazio. They haven't made a lot of uh, they haven't made a lot of switches that um, might fit into his tactical vision. So that's dangerous to see for a Lazio fan. Uh, Empoli actually opened the scoring, um, but then Milinkovic Savic leveled it quick for Lazio. Um, Empoli had a couple shots saved by Pepe Reina and hit the post twice. Um, terrible miscall call by Vacario. Um, he called keeper. He didn't get out to it. He slammed the striker and he concedes the penalty. Immobile scores. Lazio wins three to one. I wouldn't read too much into the scoreline this game. Lazio looked poor with a lot of passes going across the face of goal. Um... And and Reyna made a couple of good stops, but like I said, there was a lot of passes going across goal from Empoli. And uh, Lazio Sadi is gonna want to switch those tactics a bit, so it's it's concerning to him, I'm sure, that they haven't brought in some new personnel. Um, again, can't read too much into this game because the, the scoreline doesn't tell the story. You know, there was a terrible, terrible miscall call from Vicario, and he really cost his team the game here. Um, the keeper calls it, you got to come out strong. You gotta, you gotta win, win the ball. And he gave up the penalty. Okay. This is the match you guys are probably even waiting to hear about. Udinese, Juventus, Max Allegri is back for Juventus. Um, the ball, two minutes in good work with, uh, and good passing with Quadrado. He puts one in, um, Quadrado begs a second from a long ball. Dribbles past the defender, low shot. Quadrado looked fantastic in this game. Ronaldo not starting. Uh that's a that's something big to note. Chiesa also was on the bench at the beginning, but they looked very good early on. Things did start to unravel for them. White check spills a shot. Um, it was a low shot. He got two hands to it. Um something he probably should have been able to catch. He, if, if not, he should have put the rebound directly in front of him. Again, he's a human being. He got unlucky. The rebound spilt uh, to the wrong side of his legs. Kicks up. Dives at the feet. Concedes the penalty. Takes out the attacker. Um, and concedes a penalty. And is that his fault? I, I mean... He's a human being. He should have done better to to keep... If he couldn't catch it, at least keep the rebound controlled. But it's an honest mistake. So he dives at the feet, concedes a penalty. There you go. Juventus hits the post two times. So they could have gone up a bit more. Um, Then, I was willing to excuse him for the last one, but you can't, as a goalkeeper, make two mistakes. In one game, So Jezny receives a back pass. Tries to cut away. He's dispossessed. It goes in. They momentarily look to see if it should be disallowed, but that's a goal. It's 2 2. Um, Ronaldo scores a header late, but it's disallowed. He ripped his shirt off, got the yellow. The yellow stands. He stays with that yellow, but the scoreline ends 2 2. Now, Segesny, I said I'm willing to forgive one mistake. The second one, he looked terrible on that back pass. What I have to say about Sejesny from a goalkeeping perspective, tremendous shot stopper. Tremendous reactions, tremendous shot stopper. This guy has always been erratic. He's always been an erratic goalkeeper with some questionable decision making. Um and he looked bad this game. He simply put, he looked bad. He did not look like somebody Juventus should have as their number one keeper. Now, coincidentally. Um Mattia Perrin is back. We saw Syrigu in at uh, Genoa there. Mattia Perrin is back. And and I think look, if I'm the goalkeeper coach, I'm fighting to keep Sejazni in there to try and rebuild his confidence. But if he has a couple more brain errors, I think we could see Mattia Perrin step into that starting role and become the eventist number one keep. Um there's Almost nothing worse other than a player revolt. There's almost nothing worse for a team's confidence than an out-of-form goalkeeper. An out-of-form goalkeeper could fucking kill a team's momentum, kill their heart. So this is something Szczesny is going to have to figure out very quickly. He's going to have to get back into form. I'm sure the goalkeeper coach, I'm sure Max Allegri will be sticking by him for the time being. But... He cannot afford to be doing this on a regular basis, and if his mentality is off, very easy to happen. These guys are human beings. Some people think, "Oh, he's a pro, he'll bounce back quick." Possibly not. Possibly not. You know, um, you come out of form, it goes downhill quickly. Uh, an example I always love to give: uh, Joe Hart. Well, he was, People were saying he was one of the best keepers in the world. I never thought that, but his career started to unravel. He's now he's back at now he's at Celtic, but. He had had years there where he was very poor because his confidence was low. Goalkeeping, um, a a good shot stopper is important. A good guy on crosses is important. Technical, tactical is important. But perhaps the biggest uh, indicator of what's going to be a good goalkeeper is strong mentality, being strong mentally. And um, Szesny, sometimes he gets into these periods where he is more error-prone than, than usual, so this is something we're going to... It's an interesting storyline to see unfold throughout the season. Anyway, the scoreline ends to two Juventus drops some points, which is good for everyone. Um, next game, Bologna Salernitana. Uh, Skorupski made a good save off the deflected wall-free kick. Um, Skorupski, underrated keeper. I love Skorupski. Um, he's not elite by any means, but I think he's he's a good lower end Serie A keeper. Um, Salernitana gets a red card. Bologna gets a red card. They score a penalty. Uh, Di Silvestri scores a header, makes it one one. Um, not our Kulabali <laughs> is the he's a different Kulabali I think with a C as well. Makes it two one Salernitana. Then Arnautovic had to do it. Storyline start, scores in his debut, 2-2. He's a fantastic player. I think he's a real coup for um for, um, for Bologna to get, a striker of his caliber. Um, De Silvestri gets a second header, 3-2 Bologna over Salernitana. Late in the game, a second red for Bologna. These refs were red card crazy this week. So that was a game that definitely had a few reds going into the last match roma three fiorentino one jose Mourinho's first game dragowski one of my favorite keepers in the league i'll make no secret of it i think dragowski is a great great keeper love his style Love the beard i think he's good technically um he challenges long and misses hard <laughs> okay he gets the red card abraham Making a huge impact for Roma in this game. Um, he sends pass to Mikatarian, disallowed, but Var turns it over. There it goes. Then Zaniolo, red card, gets a second yellow, red card, 10v10. Okay. Fiorentino ties it up 1-1. Abraham hits a header off the crossbar. This guy was looking great. All of Roma was looking great. This game. I think Roma, I mean, if Mourinho could keep them consistent, if he could keep them honest, this is a team that's gonna this is the team I'm most scared of coming out of week scared of coming out of week one. For toot scores, two goals, one was disallowed, but Var turned it over again. Three one for Roma. Like I said, this Roma team, especially with Abraham up front there, very scary. Very scary team. And um I think they're gonna do big things this season if they could hold it together. You know, Mour- Mourinho sometimes manages by conflict. There's a lot of young guys on this team. But if he could keep it consistent, man, they're a scary team. Um, Zaniolo, shame he got the red card. He was looking very good. But, um, yeah, can't wait to see more from them. We play Genoa next week. Um, it's going to be – it's tough to say what – is gonna happen against Genoa after after they were routed by Inter hard. We didn't really get a chance to see what they're made of. Um, did they just come in cold, mentally weak? First week, it's hard to say, especially a hyped up Inter winning 4, four nothing. Um Again, I think we should, that's a game we need to be winning. That's a game we need to be winning if we want to be at the top of the table this season. Just like the game against Venezia. Just to go back into the game of this weekend, Venezia was a game. They're probably the weakest team coming up. Some people will say Salernitana or Empoli. Venezia finished fifth. They got into the playoff through City B. Um, this is probably the weakest team. You know, you go down 10 men and you still lose 2-0. That's and and also, not only that, you show very little attacking ambition. That's a bad sign for them right off the bat. Um, look, what I'm going to say is Spalletti, in spite of that, Spalletti impressed this week because the sign of a good team is getting points when everything goes wrong. That's what makes a team... That's what separates a team from good to great. When everything goes wrong... You managed to get points, whether it be a draw or a win. Spalletti did that. This was a nightmare start, Um, you know, with a red card from Osiman, With the injury to Zielinski, just everything was going wrong in the beginning. We bounced back. We got the three points. Big week. Um, And, yeah, so that's this week. If you have any comments, if you have any tips, like I said, I'm new to podcasting. This is just kind of a stream of consciousness talking. Uh, Email me. Um, I will have my email link attached to the episode, Tony podcasts at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. I'll be back next week for Jonata 2. Take care. Have a good week.